Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you are, this is the Interpreter's Workshop Podcast. I'm Tim Curry, your host. Here we talk everything sign language interpreting. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the sideways of interpreting. If you're a student, a new interpreter, experienced interpreter, this is the place for you. If you want to know more, go to interpretersworkshop.com. Let's start talking interpreting. And now, the quote of the day by Bernard Gelvin Clive, author, lecturer, and brand strategist from Ghana. The most critical aspect of feedbacks is how you interpret them. In today's episode, I reply to two listeners who have sent me voicemails with comments and questions. Let's see how well I can interpret them. Let's get started. Now it's your turn. Let's hear from Jill from the United States. Hi, Tim. I have a couple questions. Will you talk a little bit about how you decided to live in the Czech Republic? Um, and more importantly, not really about how you decided to live there, but what is, how did you choose to learn Czech Republic Sign Language? How did you choose that Czech Republic was a country that really needed to have a school for interpreters? Well, Jill, I guess it's time for my story. I'd been interpreting in the States for about five years or so, and I had started traveling to Europe. And on one particular trip, I'd gone to Ireland I was walking through the streets of Dublin at night, and there was a street performer juggling fire sticks, and a crowd had gathered round, and out of the corner of my eye I saw some group of people gesturing or signing, I thought. So I looked, and sure enough, they were signing, but I had no idea what they were saying. So I got the courage up to go over to say hello, and ask them if they were interpreters or if they were deaf, and to find out what sign language they were using. And it turns out they were Czech deaf. So we sat down in a restaurant and exchanged some signs and started having a conversation and telling our stories. And I became friends. And so I stayed about two days with them in Dublin. And after my trip, I continued to stay in contact and about a year, year and a half later, I decided to come and visit them in Prague. And I was planning a trip for about three weeks. And I was asked by the interpreting organization in Prague to give a presentation about interpreting in the U.S. and the general conditions and so forth. So during that trip, I met many new friends. And during the presentation is when I met my now wife, she was working for a deaf organization, which was teaching Czech Sign Language courses and so forth. And in that trip, I was offered work in Prague, teaching English at a deaf school because I could use the mode of Czech Sign Language as communication. Because during the years of my friendship, I had used Skype to communicate and learn more and more Czech Sign Language. So it wasn't my decision to learn Czech Sign Language. It was out of necessity to communicate with my friends. But that decision led to being offered work at the deaf school and 
being asked to work in a theater group that was doing a play in Czech Sign Language and spoken Czech as well. And so those opportunities helped me enforce the decision to learn Czech Sign Language even more. And so being offered the work, plus having met my now wife, it was just logical to make the decision to move here. And over the years, I learned about the education system, about a lack of degrees for interpreters here. But I was asked by the deaf organization that I first met on my first trip, I was asked by them to set up some type of course for their students who wanted to become interpreters. In other words, once they've learned a certain level of Czech Sign Language, then they could come to the interpreting courses and hopefully become interpreters. And from that, I later created curriculum for uh, two interpreting programs here in the Czech Republic. One was a bachelor's program at a university, and the other is uh, what we would call a community college in the U.S. So my decisions that you asked me about were not necessarily my goals. I did not one day think, I need to learn Czech Sign Language, or I need to set up an interpreting program in the Czech Republic. None of that. None of that was in my mind whatsoever. However, the decisions I made, the friends I made, led to where I am now. But I think that can be said for all of us. We never know where the journey takes us, but good decisions logical decisions, taking a little risk, moving to another country, or changing your jobs, changing your career, may just lead you to where you find that happy place. Okay, let's see what else Jill has in mind. I wanted to let you know I really enjoyed your interpreter podcast about the lenses that we uh, view our work through and how we... um should not be inserting ourselves into a situation, but that we just come in there, we interpret, and then we're supposed to, you know, um, leave. And that if sometimes we become friends with deaf people, that's great. But if not, that's fine too. And how we really shouldn't um, influence any situations, which is great. So let me interrupt Jill just for a moment, and then we'll go back to her thought. First of all, thank you very much, Jill, for saying that you like the podcast. I appreciate that. I also agree with you. I'm glad you caught the theme that I put in some of the episodes is the fact that we should not intentionally influence the situations that we are privileged to be in, but rather we should strive to allow the situation to be mostly influenced by those whose situation it is our clients. So thank you so much for pointing that out and reminding us all. Now let's see where this train of thought leads to. Before we hear from Jill, let's hear from you. See how easy it is? Send me a voicemail and I'll answer your question. I don't always remember everything, so just ask. Thanks. Let's go back to Jill. So can you talk about, I have been an interpreter for a very long time and I've seen how technology has changed our jobs. Um, 
And sometimes as an interpreter, we're interpreting something and I never even see the deaf person when I'm using uh, virtual technology. So can you talk a little bit about how you think the technology has changed our field for the better? Or what are some challenges that you see um, interpreting in that lens? All right. Thanks so much. Interesting. So we should not influence the situation but yet we are influenced by the technology which influences the situation and our work. When I first heard the question, the first thing that came to my mind was, wow, technology has changed a lot and improved. For example, when I first started working in the States, just going to a job meant that I had to get the paper map and figure out where the address was on that map from where I am and figure out the best route to get there. And then we had something called MapQuest on our phones, which was amazing. Then Google Maps. And now we have more than one and it's much more accurate. So many things which has helped us. We even have email. We have so many different messaging apps to be able to communicate with the agencies, with the clients, with the organizers, whoever they be. That is amazing and wonderful. We can even send video messages with our phones on location while we're heading to the location. So there are some really positive aspects to technology for us. Obviously, we all know this. But working online has changed also. Video remote interpreting, online interpreting. That has changed, obviously, recently in the last three or four years. When we first started interpreting online in large numbers of jobs, that's when it dawned on us that most of us are out of our environment, out of our comfort zone. Because for us, interpreting as sign language interpreters, it's almost always live. We're not in a booth like some of our spoken language interpreters work at conferences. So we are face to face with everyone else in the room, and that allows us to get some back channeling, that automatic feedback that tells us whether the interpretation is clear, whether it's getting through. We can easily interrupt or get clarification or control the, the interpreting process. That's easier in person. When we switch to online, now not only does much of that disappear, but on top of that, we have to learn which software are they using. Are they using Microsoft Teams? Are they using Google Meet? Are they using Zoom? Are they using Skype? And have I used it before? And then <laughs> most of those programs were not ready for what we do. They were not ready for the fact that when we work in a team, the other interpreter needs to see me and I need to see them. We need to communicate back and forth. We need to help each other, support each other. And in the beginning, that was really difficult, if not impossible. But over the years, that has improved. Right now, Microsoft Teams and Zoom have improved immensely. Those are the two programs that I love using compared to any others. Not just because I think they are the best, but because, and I'm getting no compensation, no pay from any of these softwares that I'm throwing out there. Unless they're listening and they would like to throw some my way, that'd be great. Anyway, <clears throat> my point is most organizations, businesses, 
are using Zoom or Microsoft Teams, and they know how to work it now. They know how to host. They know how to change the settings. And that is very important to us because then we can say, I need multi-pin or I need to be able to see anyone who's asking a question. Please put them on spotlight because then they understand, oh, okay, I know what you want. I can do that. Even if they don't understand why. So these programs, these companies have improved their product even more every year. There are still many things that are not good. And to your point of what do I do when I can't see who it is I'm giving this service to? Because many of these meetings, they may be a hundred people in Zoom and they say, please turn off your cameras to allow the internet speed to continue, the connection to be stable. And therefore that means we don't see who's out there. And then it feels like we're just signing to our computer. Hmm. What I do in this case is I look at myself because my video is on always, right? So I look at me as though I am the deaf client. And if that bothers me, then I create in my head this avatar, this person that I'm looking to. And I pretend that they are giving me feedback, that back channeling of understanding, yes, I, I'm following you, blah, 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 blah. That helps me feel as though I'm interpreting to a real person, and therefore it influences my interpretation to be a more natural flow of communication as though I was in the room with everyone else. That takes time and a little adjustment for each of us, but that's the best way I've found that helps me. In my experience, one particular group that I work with and team with quite often, we have developed a method where we use a second software where we can send our videos together straight to the Zoom call and only have one window where when we switch between each other while interpreting, the clients only see that one window and the interpreters change within that window. And in addition to that, we use this same software to communicate to each other, supporting each other during the interpretation. So there are new ways to make our job better, not just the video software, but software that we can use to create the teamwork environment that we're used to. And I think it will just develop over time. Other ways that it has influenced us as interpreters is the fact that we get to use the PowerPoint that's being shared with everyone. It's right there in front of us. We don't have to turn around to look at the board. It's just right in front of us. Names, places, bullet points, everything's there. That has helped us quite a bit, and I'm getting used to that, having all the information right in front of me and being able to see the speaker without having to turn and look at them. All of those things, I think, are advantages for us. So, I hope that answered your questions, Jill. If not, send me another voicemail. I'll clarify or I will 
answer your real question if I misunderstood you. Thank you. Now let's turn to Poland. Kamila, it is your turn. Hi team, it's Kamila from Poland. I wanted to tell you about me listening to your podcast. So first I started to listen before sleep and it was really not a good idea. I don't know how you guys are listening also to podcasts, but it just inspired me so much. I have so many ideas and so many reflections come to my mind about work, community learning, and it's absolutely waking me up and really not a good time before sleep that, 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 that's working for me. But on the other hand, really nice time to listen is when my interpreting is cancelled like in the last moment so they really pay me and I'm not I'm in a working mode and then it's just the perfect time to open the podcast and to get inspired and to listen so yeah have a nice time while listening to team podcast I'm a big fan and team keep calm and keep making podcasts Well, Camila, thank you very much. It's wonderful to have a fan, and it's nice to know how you benefit the most from the podcast by listening at the right time. I think that's one of the greatest compliments I have is someone to tell me that your voice does not make me fall asleep. Hmm. Interesting. So, thank you very much, Jill and Camila. Your comments, your questions are greatly appreciated and gives us all something to think about. And it reminds me that not everyone will fall asleep to my voice. That's a good thing. So, in Camilla's words, keep calm, keep interpreting, and I'll keep on podcasting. I'll see you next week. Take care now. Take care now.